Hey now, episode 15, As the Incense Burns, and I am your humble host, Sean P. Wrights. And in this episode, we're going to switch it up a little bit. We're not going to delve into the elemental forces of food. Or the whole concept of writing, poetry, narrative. But you know what? I lied. There's a twist on things here. Because although you know me as author, poet, genealogist, and all of these other descriptive boxes that I can be placed in, most importantly, I am a human being and I exist here on this third rock from the sun. We've been going through it. We're in year two of the pandemic. And I was on LinkedIn the other day in my professional capacity. And interestingly enough, in my corporate capacity, Many of my compatriots, counterparts, colleagues are wholly unaware that I'm a writer sitting right in front of them. And I prefer it that way. Now, this is not a comparison, but just a contrast. Samuel Clemens wrote under a pen name and many people don't know that Mark Twain and Samuel Clemens were the same person. Same thing with me. Sean P. writes is a pen name. And as far as what my given name is, that's not of importance. But what inspired this episode and what inspired this piece that the spirit just led me to write was one of those uncomfortable truths. Me being a black man in corporate spaces. And in this this piece, the workplace, the omnipresent lesson of Hugh. I delve into the particulars of that. So that said, grab some popcorn, grab your strawberry newtons, and 
ice cold glass of almond milk for you vegetarians and lactose intolerant people out there and we'll delve into my travels in the corporate sphere in another installment of the workplace but let's pause for a little advertisement because that's how I pay the bills here pandemic taught me a lot about myself and especially about other people. Decades earlier in the corporate space, I learned an uncomfortable lesson. One that always stayed tucked away in the recesses of my subconscious. That when someone in leadership or management role called me brother, that something nefarious would eventually transpire. And whenever these words were uttered to me, I would tacitly nod to myself and wait. The utterance of brother came in the form of me getting laid off via Zoom. Two days before my birthday, in the spring of 2020 when the pandemic was still fresh I saw it coming and I called it people brushed me off and said that I was being paranoid I remember chuckling at my prescience of seeing this coming while looking at a photograph of my grandmother and I. And she seemed to glance at me knowingly. And while I sat on this call or Zoom conference, in the midst of being laid off and being bombarded with platitudes and apologies, I thought of something that my grandmother, that my big mama told me about the notion of being afraid. And I remember she told me what once when I asked her about fear. She leaned forward in the chair and met my my gaze with one of her own. And she told me, and these words echo to this day. Shit, scared? Scared for what? I was too busy to be scared. That's what I took with me. And as I pivoted from that, the days turned to weeks, the weeks turned into months. And during the early days of the pandemic, I applied to over 1,000 roles on LinkedIn alone. I counted it and I was floored and during this process I endured 
a host of microaggressions, including an interviewer who was incensed at my journalism background and he sneered while leaning into the camera to say, oh, you're one of those people who likes to tell us how to think. And there was silence on my end and the furrowed brow that always gives me away. I stared blankly. He laughed nervously and said that he was joking, but I knew that he wasn't. I'd seen this episode before. He spoke his truth. I'm used to being interpreted as the other as the exotic but that that box of otherness is a realm that I will never inhabit I refuse and I rebuke it there's a quote that I often recite and I can quote myself can I And this quote, this is something that I often share on the professional platform of LinkedIn because it's it's critical. People will place you in a box because they lack the intellectual curiosity to discern the complexity of your layers. But there is no air in the box they are trying to suffocate you. That is my omnipresent reminder to stay away from the box. And there was another instance with another organization. And I was pulled in by this dedication that they had towards serving others. And that appealed to me. And I went through four interviews, or maybe it was five. And during the fifth interview, I was given the verbal assurances that I would probably, that I would receive an offer, offer letter, only to be told via email. Oh, by the way, we're going with other candidates. Over the course of a couple of months, five interviews, mind you, probing questions and areas of fit, discussions of consequence, and all I get is a shitty form email. I was puzzled. And I'd asked for clarity, only to be ignored. response that I received in the form of feedback the who what where and why those questions that I had on areas of focus that I should fine-tune it was non-existent getting clarity for my own edification was all that I expected a little humanity was that insanity 
but I got my answer. A couple of days later, it came in the form of the HR person who responded to my query with a cold and impersonal email where she just stated, no particular reason. That was it. Three words. Now, that is quite a fuck you. Now, based on my past experience or experiences, plural, mind you, as a black man in corporate spaces, this is translated as get lost. Simply put, I was merely the token interview that they had to give as a nod to diversity when it really wasn't in their corporate DNA. It was simply lip service. They find a candidate that puts a proverbial check in all of the boxes. But time and again, the whole scepter of race, blind, simple-minded people with monolithic thinking, and it immediately disqualifies people like myself. A black man first and everything else next. Qualifications be damned. Me holding an MBA, a background in journalism, a book published to my name, but yet I had none of the basic qualifications to do what this position required of me. Now, I wasn't particularly surprised, but I was taken aback about how cold they were towards me after they got what they needed. And it put me in a dour mood. And I had to take a walk to clear my head. And it was in the aftermath of this event. These five interview process over the course of a month or so that I got the inclination to write my second book while standing on a trail in one of my favorite haunts that's my vice park system, taking walks, solace within, within the self. And if you are so inclined, I actually have photographs of that location where I was standing when I got that aha moment. Now, another interesting piece of irony in this whole situation was not soon after that that I began to work on my second book, From the Water's Edge, Volume 2, a collection of poetry written while wandering in a pandemic. This same organization later bought ads on my site 
And again, I was taken aback. But LinkedIn always tells stories. And when they announced the person who they hired for the role, I got an alert in my network feed. And curiosity got the best of me, I admit. I wanted to see who had filled this role since I was grossly unqualified for it. Now the person that they hired had none of my qualifications, but what they were missing was the elemental force of my skin. In retrospect, and as always, or predominantly, always is a all-encompassing term. Because within the corporate space, I've met some of the most wonderful people, some of the most glorious people that I will ever encounter in my life, friendships that will last until I take my final breath on this planet and the workplace. These are these are people that I've met. But in retrospect, I was placed in a box. But instead of allowing it to confine and suffocate me and leaving me disillusioned, it served to be redemptive and it provided me with a lasting takeaway. error that many of us make during our respective journeys in the corporate space. We often let our guard down and we place our faith and loyalty in the wrong places. And when we do that, that is simply betrayal on a higher level. That uncomfortable truth that corporations are not people because they will never love you back. This should serve as a reminder that we have to love ourselves in a more deliberate fashion. And we can do this by investing in ourselves with the same passion, the same fervor that corporations do in sidestepping our humanity. Now, a quick side note, since I'm talking about books, And if this is your first time listening to this podcast, I wrote, published, designed, and I market my books, which still sell in pockets around the globe through my publishing arm, Etiquette Consulting. So, it begs to ask the question, what happened to this candidate who can't speak to diverse audiences? only to have an answer in the form of my father. Rust up. Rust up, Pops. But he always told me, your skin ain't no sin. That's something that's something that 
we should let simmer because ignoring it or gaslighting it by saying we don't see in color or it's all in our head or we have to get over it is disingenuous and dare I say it's inhumane But on that note, we'll close this out. And we'll lighten it up next time. Just when you thought that we were done, I come back like a Marvel movie with some teasers. Aren't you glad you waited? I've spoken before about the conversion method, about me taking that which is weaponized to destroy. And I use it as a fuel source to power my endeavors. And when I went through this corporate process that many people did during the course of the pandemic, I found myself wondering but I couldn't wonder too long because I was able to pivot and work on my own endeavors through my own firm writing my second book starting on my third and dancing around the confines of the fourth this highly anticipated cookbook but as a testament to this conversion method. When I look back at my notes from sketching out this piece, I ran into some prose that I constructed from the darts that were thrown at me or hurdled because when I say thrown it doesn't sound right thrown sounds haphazard as if it's just there's no thought process behind it but these pangs of disaffection in the corporate space through the prism of race these are actually concentrated pieces of vitriol or projectiles and I wrote this piece called on tilled battlefields and I bled it into 
another piece where I am standing on the, the banks of a river in Japan holding my first book. And I'll close it out with that. But this piece here on tilled battlefields, this really encompasses a lot of what is my plan of attack or my defense mechanism. On tilled battlefields, hold your fire, be still. The greatest victory is often the battle where no shots are fired. Balance. Absorb the rancor and repurpose it to besmirch those with the audacity to question your worth. Black man who eluded boxes standing in a foreign land with book in hand. Ain't that shit grand. While the darts, blonde, that was supposed to incapacitate served to illustrate that he descended from knees that are loathe to bend, unless tender in arms to the Almighty. I will never go lightly. I appreciate you popping in on episode 15 of Has the Incense Burns and I am your humble host Sean P. Wrights and you'll always find me here at the water's edge grab a follow tell a friend and have a friend tell a friend and grab a couple of copies of my tomes. Us indie authors need love too. I'll shout at y'all in a few. <laughs>